It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. It's time for uh, the reaction show to week seven in the high school football uh, season. And uh, ate a little crow tonight because Port Huron Northern played a really good game and they beat Mott. And I think it's crow that we're both very fine with eating. That we're not, um, like, yeah, we were wrong, but not a bad thing to be wrong about. That we uh, we kind of put a challenge to them because we kind of said, all right, two big games, you, you came out flat. And they didn't come out flat. Their, their, their defense was vintage northern defense, and it was exactly what, what we were looking for. There was a school record set, at least as far as we know, in points scored in a game. Uh St. Yeah, Clair and Port, Port and High sent their basketball team over to St. Clair tonight. Or Sterling Heights. Sterling Heights, yeah. St. Clair is a team that, I mean, they just can't. They're two to five plays in, like, most of their losses away from winning. And it, it happened again tonight. Uh, Almont is just they're, – they're getting stronger. It's bizarre. They came out of a stretch where you think they would be beat up, battered, and bruised, and they came out stronger and took it to Richmond. Armada got a much-needed win. And what else? CPS got their first win. Yeah, it's, it's a shame you took Caseville in that one because you like their, their track star Lies. back. And it was a shame you he, took Richmond, he too. He was back, too, and it didn't matter. CPS still won. But anyway, you want you want to get to it in a minute? Yeah, let's get to it in a, a minute um, because, uh, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of highlights, uh, coaches' comments, uh, and we'll start where we always start in the MAC. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. 
Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Homestyle Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Occasionally on this show, we kind of tongue-in-cheek and go, oh, yeah, team's going to go sign, they're going to win, and that's a foregone conclusion and blah, 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 blah. Uh, And sometimes afterwards I feel bad about it because it's like, you know – they're, that team's down. We really shouldn't pick on them like that. But we don't cover this team. But um, after this one, I, I don't feel bad because I don't know what you're doing when one team whoops you like this. PH is good. Right. But we know their coaching staff, and we know that that they probably had their starters out in this game probably at the end of the first quarter. Yes. When it was 40 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, and and PH beat Sterling Heights tonight, seventy six to nothing. Yeah, we just kind of wanted to get this one out of the way um, because there were some very good games to talk well, about. Well, they they officially won the blue title right. outright. It's the I'm third time shocked. in four years that they've that they've run the league, and they're now what nineteen and one in their last twenty games in the white, and that's why they've won four white titles in a row. That's. Yep. <laughs> I, what else do you want me to say? Uh, I don't right. know. Uh, Gavin Troy must have rushed for 100 yards was, in the first quarter. Here was the text I got from the person I knew at the game. Touchdown first play. Fumbled Parker Quinn ran it back. Gavin, 50-yard touchdown run on first offensive play. Three and out, punt. Derek Grigasevich tw- uh, was it, returned it for a touchdown. 20 to nothing, 8.52 to go in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, so that's th- three minutes and eight seconds into the game, and they had three touchdowns already. Yes. Uh, and then it just continued <laughs> to mount. Well, it was 60-something to nothing at halftime? It was 62 to nothing at halftime. They went into running time with uh, eight minutes to go in the second quarter. So Okay, Sterling so they Heights, played the last 32 minutes they played of a 48-minute game. They played 16 minutes of actual time. I mean, come on. 
Anyways, what do you? I mean, I'm not mad at PH. You know, because I, I know, I know they had second and third string kids in there, and you can't tell them, okay, you get to play now, but you don't get to do anything. No, you you got to let them do their thing. Right, and they are better than the 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 top players for Sterling Heights. Absolutely. So, uh, congratulations to PH outright champs. That um, now is official. We can go woo, yay, outright champs. But I think the big story of the night and the, the team we have to give flowers to the most is the Port Huron Northern Huskies. Dennis, me and you, we're, we're kind of hard on them. That, hey, first week of the year, you picked them to beat Gross Point South. I did. I thought, they were, South. I thought they had a legitimate chance to win that football game. I did, too. I thought they'd lose a close one. They lost 38-3. to then, okay, they get back on track. PH game, we know it's close. Hey, we both picked PH, but we were both fully mentally prepared that Northern could win that game. And that it would be a dogfight down and to the last play. They lost 35 nothing. So we're going, we basically went, all right, we're not getting fooled by them again. Mott's going to come up here. Mott's good, and they're going to, we think Northern could be better, but they're going to take this win. Mott had to come from behind to make this a game. It was 20 to nothing at halftime. And Northern basically shoved it in our faces. And then in the second half, stumbled a bit, but they played so well in the first half that it didn't matter. Yeah, they, they made plays uh, tonight, and it, it was uh, really all facets of their game made it a contribution. The defense sets it all up. They set the table. They put the offense in, in good spots tonight. The offense was opportunistic tonight. They, they took advantage of their opportunities. Special teams came up with a play. They always come up. Actually, they came up with, with a couple of plays. They always do every game for them. Uh, and in the end, when it could have unraveled, they blew a 20-point lead, but they still figured it out and got a big I think a huge 27 to 20 win over Mott. We'll get to the highlights first. And then I had a very short conversation with a very happy Larry Rollins afterwards. Here it's second and three from the 42. Croner out of the gun. Straight drop, has time. Now he's flushed out. They're chasing him. Croner on the run. The ball batted away. It's loose. Huskies pick it up. They've got a chance for a return. Back into Mott territory and inside the 25-yard line. The ball was stripped out of there. I think Bennett caused the fumble, and I think it was Kellerman on the return, or Crosby. Caden Crosby, I believe, took it back to the 24-yard line. And Northern forces a turnover and gets the ball. At the 24, so this will be a 34-yard attempt. Huskies trying to take the lead. Mott has already missed a field goal in the game. Snap, good hold, kick on the way. It's a good-looking kick, and it is good. A 34-yard field goal from Kasparian, and Northern strikes first. 3.13 to go in the uh, first, and the Huskies take a 3-0 lead. He's one out of three for six yards. He works out of the gun. Hand off O'Hare, trying to get out to left. No, it was a great play fake by Watkins. He fooled me. He fooled the defense. He's down to the one, and he is stopped there. Or are they calling it a score? They're calling it a score. 
touchdown. Watkins on the eight-yard run. Well, the one official had his arm up like he said he was down at the one, but they're bringing out the extra point team, so it's a touchdown for Northern. They're going to spot it at the 20, so this is a 30-yard attempt. Kasparian's already made one from 34. Good snap, good hold. Kick on the way. And it's good. Right down the middle, in fact. 13-0 Northern with 2.08 to go in the half, and Kasparian connects for the second time. This one from 30 yards out. And Amir Moreland is going to go that way. So they've got quads to the left. Haru, the only receiver to the right. They throw it to Moreland. It's a double pass. Wide open downfield. It's caught by Maximus Williams for a Husky touchdown. With 30 seconds to go, they run a double pass. And Moreland hits Williams for a 42-yard score. Great time to pull one out of your back pocket. And Northern goes up 19 to nothing. And a pistol look with Moore and O'Hare as the backs. DeLand goes motion to the left. And they're looking to run that way with Watkins. And he's tangled up in the backfield. That ball's loose. And it's picked up by Gilmore, I believe. And he's back inside the five-yard line. A turnover by the Huskies. As that ball got knocked loose, it's the first northern turnover, and it's first and goal to go, Mott, down around the northern five-yard line. Big break for the Marauders. Quarterback sneak this time. Croner trying to push his way into the end zone, and he's in for the score. Touchdown, Mott. Uh, Michael Croner, QB keep, and they're on the board finally. That will cut it to 20-6, to six, and it didn't take them long to capitalize on the turnover. 20-6, to six, Northern on top, but Mott trying to mount a threat. They're going to fire deep down the middle. Gilmore's open, juggles, catches it, touchdown. He juggled it at the one, but he beat Max Williams on the coverage, and Mott gets another score to pull to within eight with 2.56 to go. It's a 35-yard touchdown strike. I really only think there's two people on the field that are going to get the ball here in this situation. Either Croner's going straight ahead on another keep or they're going to give the ball to uh, the big fella, Grant. Grant's in kind of tight. He might be looking to push his quarterback in. He is, and he'll push him into the end zone for a touchdown. Croner scores on fourth and goal, and Mott has tied the game and can take the lead on the point after here early in this fourth quarter. Williams got burned earlier in the game on the Gilmore score. He was right with Ojanaka that time. And now Croner, here in the wet conditions, has to kick this ball from out of his own end zone. He's about two yards deep with 544, and the Huskies are famous for blocking punts. And the ball's on the turf, and they're going to get the ball back at about the one-yard line. Croner was just able to get out of the end zone, and in hindsight, he might have been better off taking the safety. It's going to be first and goal to go, Huskies at the one. 
on a bad snap. Going straight ahead is Watkins. They push the pile, and Lincoln Watkins is into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. And Northern gets a break, and they capitalize right away to break the tie. Takes a look, swings it off to Gilbert. He's hit right away. The Huskies are going to stop him and get the ball back at the Mott 41 with just over a minute to go. Your final score tonight, Port here on Northern 27, Warren Mott 20. And the, the Huskies uh, took advantage of the situations that they were dealt. They were unbelievable in the first half, even running a, a trick play. I'm like, who is this team? Uh, they're up 20 to nothing, and then, you know, things slip away. They, they finally make a mistake. The fumble sets up a Mott score. Mott got some momentum. They get the ball back, hit a deep pass, start the fourth quarter on the five, and punch it in on fourth and goal from inches out. It's 20 to 20. But then what happens? Extra point gets botched. They don't give up the lead. Well, and then a bad snap on a pump after the, the on a punt after the defenses, you know, take over for a little while and they get the ball at the two and there's no dinky doing around. One play, bang, it's in the end zone. We're winning this game. Play the Larry audio and then I think as best as I can. I can summarize this Northern performance in one word. I think there's going to be a word of the night for Northern, and I, I want—I don't want to distract from Larry, so let's get to that because, I mean, Dennis, you were there. He had to be very happy with his team. Uh, yeah, plug your ears if you have children under 15. With a smiling Larry Rollins, in fact, I'll say it, he's got a shit-eating grin on his face right now. A lot of people said, no, Mott's a really good football team. Uh, and you said, well, Northern's a pretty good football team, too. Congratulations, because this was a nice win. Um, not a perfect first half, but pretty close to perfect. It got a little hairy in the second half, but uh, you guys took advantage of your breaks. Your defense put you in good position uh, tonight, and your offense capitalized. Yeah, yeah, that was a great uh, team win tonight all the way around in all three phases of the game. Demetri had a couple of field goals, a lot of great punts and kickoffs. Uh, defense got some turnovers and some stats. Offensively, we did a great job in the first half. We got a little slow in the second half, but, you know, a, a win's a win against Warmont. They're a very good team. You know, um, I don't know who's in charge of special teams, but you're not paying them enough. Uh, tonight, it, it was a bad snap, but it just every week you guys do something on special teams that makes a difference for your team. And tonight, when it could have been falling apart, your defense holds. And then, yeah, you guys come up with a play that gets your offense an easy score. Yeah, I mean, we, we preach special teams as a third phase of the game. And that's, that's in high school sports. That's a game you can win or lose on, honestly. So we, we prepare and we rep our specials every day, all day long. Um, it's a testament to the kids and our coaches that, that stay on them. Um, but it was a great overall team win tonight. The kids did a great job. Um, but we're excited, and it's it was just a good night tonight. <laughs> it was a good night. Larry, tonight. you just beat Mott. That's a huge win. You proved these two dummies wrong. You guys just played your best game uh, of the year. He, he's classier than that. I um, know you keep it close to the vest, but game come on. Game ball Gavin Sheldon, um, who I don't know if I've called Gavin's name all season, but he had uh, two big plays uh, tonight on on defense. And, and that's the thing about it. Like, I can't ask Larry, hey, this guy did this, because they don't have guys that put up these gaudy, spectacular numbers. They just have a bunch of guys that contribute their 
30, 40, 50 yards, mm-hmm. and they get a touchdown or they make a tackle when they need to make a tackle. So the word I was going to use, and Dennis, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the best word to describe this win is mature. They matured from their first two games. Their defense didn't panic when Mott came back and tied it up. They had a mature approach early on. They bowed up on that first drive, and then offense did what they needed to do. The offense wasn't anything spectacular that's going to blow blow you away, but they did what they were supposed to do. They did their job. They're, you mentioned you get a fumble on the, the two-yard line or a botched punt, and what do you do? You punch it in right away, and Mott has five minutes left to go down and score, and you just stop them. It just seemed like a mature performance from a Northern team that maybe it's starting to click for them. Yeah, you know, there wasn't that – because a lot of times we've seen, oh, they get it at the two, but, oh, there's a false start, yep. so now they're back at the seven. Oh, there's a sack. Now they're back at Dropped the 15. Dropped a snap. Or... You know, uh, that didn't happen tonight. I'll use the word pride. Mm-hmm. Pride. Sometimes you have to hear it from other people because sometimes you live in denial. You know you're a good football team. You're four and two. People shouldn't be criticizing us. You don't see that you've lost those two games 72 to th- three or whatever it was yeah 72 to three and you need somebody to tell you and we're a couple of idiots so we told them and i think pride they're like wait a minute mott's not coming to our house this well, week and i and think the us. other thing is 70 i think it's what 70 or 75 percent of the people picked mott to win so not just people are picking you to lose because even in the ph game i think people were picking ph like 53 percent yeah i mean it was it's cut still down even. the middle this was overwhelming. People want, were thinking Mott was going to come in and get the win. And Northern, you know, bowed up when they needed to. This was a big win. And now, most first-round matchups you can get, you're looking going, all right, Northern beat Mott. We know Mott's a good team. I can trust them to go play another good team and be competitive. I, I thought it was a very, very nice win for Northern and one that they needed, and hats off to them. We will. They, they go to East Point next week, and if they win that game, Brady, um, it will be the seventh time in eight years they've gotten at least six wins in a season. The only year they didn't was the COVID year when they only played six games total. And they were what three and three in that year, I believe. Uh, two, and, two four. and four. But they, yeah, they they only every, played five regular season and, games, and everyone broke that year for them. So, yeah. but and you look back, what year did Larry come in? Was it fifth? 15 or 16 was his first year. It, it, it was around there. It, it was they went point like being, four and five. It's the only year other so than the COVID year where so they didn't have being, a winning before season. Before 2016, Northern had won six games one time since the turn of the century. I'll be out when I was in high school. Northern was the team. They're like, oh wow, can Northern win three, four games? Oh wow, good year for Northern. And they have been the model of consistency. And in that stretch, I mean, okay, cut, lop off 2016. They've won at least eight games in all those years. They're just a program that figures it out and is churning out high-level talent. And that Mott win, this Mott win, I think, shows, hey, our young guys are coming along. They're going to be big favorites in the last two games. Finish out 7-2, and two and we'll see where the, the, the playoffs lie. 
because I don't know, again, I'm not going to go into all the playoff projections, but what this game could have done, you might get a home game now in the playoffs because of this win. Because you just you beat a D1 team that was 5-1, and one, and you just got a hell of a lot of playoff points for it. This could get you a game at Memorial Stadium as a two-seed. And, and we both know that's big, not just because of the setting there, but Memorial Stadium is grass, and we had some rain tonight, and I think that might have evac- uh, affected the way Mott plays. Well, and again, They're used to playing on a fast track and doing things fast. Well, I'm not taking anything away. This was a great win by Northern. But no, but I do uh, think it home field advantage because... is, a, is a part of it, and it's your responsibility to take advantage of it, to know how to play on it and expect your opponent not to know how to play on it and make it difficult for them. So here was Mott's schedule coming in. Their road games were at Fitz, at Gross Point North, at Lons Cruz North, at Sterling Heights. Jeez, they're on the road a lot. Good Lord. So what's the farthest trip there? Lons Cruz North? Yeah. Yeah. So not very far. And I always laugh because all our MAC teams routinely make hour-long trips, and it's no big deal. But you hear a lot of complaining about, oh, we got to go to East China. Oh, we got to go up to PH. I hate making that trip. And Northern defended home turf in a big way. And you know what the best thing about this win is? Northern didn't play perfect. Because there was, they played an okay second half and still won. Yeah, pro- probably they'll tell you they played a subpar second half and still won. So, so they they played such a great first half. Though. So what? But that tells me is they have room for improvement. That this wasn't everything came together. They played the perfect game and were able to squeak out a seven point win. That they are still they're not at the ceiling yet. That they can improve in the final two weeks. And again, the we'll see where the playoffs fall. But that tells me that they still have a couple weeks to get even better and be a team that could be rolling into the playoffs on, what, a four-game winning streak? And we'd be playing with a lot of confidence. Yep. So any anything else for Northern because, you know what, I, I think tip of the cap, they're they're the bell of the ball this this weekend. Yeah, just, just a big night. But, again, uh, you know, Lincoln Watkins – Three out of seven for 38 yards, and he rushed for 35 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So nothing there that wows you, but I, I, he was steady, and, and you know, they, they had just one turnover tonight, and, and they played uh, really solid football. I thought Jacob O'Hare had a nice game. I had him for 65 yards uh, rushing uh, tonight, and, and they kind of went away from him at the end because – they trusted in Watkins to hang on to the ball and, and in the wet conditions, and they just kind of went, you know, I mean, Watkins left, Watkins right, Watkins up the middle of their last couple of drives. And maybe they're just thinking, hey, we don't want to risk a handoff in wet conditions. But the defense also played really well. Dennis, I know you were – that was the first thing you said to me when I came in is, I, hey, the offense did a nice job. All the flowers to that northern defense. Well, I, it, it's good, and we've been telling people that for a long time now. Like the, the, this is no mystery that Northern does one thing well every ball game, even when they get get blown out this year. You can go, yeah, because they had a lot of turnovers, and the defense was playing with a short field. Yeah, I, I told you in the PH game that their defense held them in the game 
for the from the first half. They should have been blown off the field in the first half, but their defense said, "No, you've got two scores on us, but you're not getting the third. Yeah. So you know what, Northern, I'm 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 really happy we were wrong about what we thought about this game because I'll be honest, I was worried that Warren Mott was going to come in here and take your lunch money and. That was a concern that this is going to be a tough one. And not only did you compete, you won. So, you know what? I'll gladly have the egg on my face. And now, continue it. Go to East Point and just take their souls. Yeah. Don't even make it a game. Have a running time one. Get home by 10 o'clock and enjoy your Friday night. Uh, they, they might call and say, hey, could you say bad things about us and pick against <laughs> us? I'm not picking against you against East Point. No, wow, that one, that one might not even be on the picks. <laughs> like, whew, especially after this week, yeah, that one, that one might get um, overruled. But um, anything else before we go to to Marysville St. Clair? No, uh, let's let's go to uh, Marysville St. Clair because I want to hear about this game. It was a weird game, Dennis. I'm sure you've done you've obviously done plenty of rivalry games. You know the ones where you can never really get a feel for the game? Like, there's never a rhythm or anything? That's what this game was. The first half, the offenses were kind of in control. Uh, Marysville was moving the ball at a pretty good pace. St. Clair scored on their first offensive snap. And then in the second half, there were nine total points. And Marysville couldn't put St. Clair away. St. Clair is... I don't know what to make of this St. Clair team, Dennis. They compete and the team I watched against Marine City and the team I watched tonight there is no way that was the team that played Clintondale the team that played Southlake hell even the team that played Lampier because I've I've probably seen St. Clair's two of their best performances performances this year and their losses so maybe I've just seen the the best of St. Clair but this is not a one in six football team it's just not, but they just can't figure out how to win. There were some big plays that went Marysville's way, and I'll give Marysville credit. Hey, they did enough to, to, to get the win, and that's what you know a good team does. Maybe you don't play your best ball. It, it's a rivalry game. It was, again, not a lot of rhythm, but Marysville found a way to get the win. And let's face it, the Vikings needed – to win this game. If they like, lost this, this imp- game. This was an important game for if them. If they lost this game, they – their playoff footing would have been on shaky ground um, because that PH game is going to be tough at the end of the year. They're going to beat Lincoln next week, and they're going to be the underdog to PH when they come into town. And 5-4 and four did not guarantee Marysville a playoff berth. So that was a nice win. Uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of big plays, a lot of fun plays. We'll play the highlights, and, and Derek Meyer was pretty happy too after the game. Likens under center, Scheffler the lone man behind him, snap, hand off Sakuchi to the right side, follows the big man, bounces out to the 10, still on his feet to the 5 and into the end zone, touchdown Marysville. Out of the gun, Ben Farkas puts a man in motion, snap, fakes the handoff, gives the reverse, Nesbitt far side has room, 25-30, a lot of room to work, 40-50, Nesbitt in a foot race, 40-35-30, 25-20, 15-10-5, one play, 75 yards, Liam Nesbitt ties it up for the Saints. Under center, Scheffler, the lone man behind him, Sakuchi off, set to the left, hand off Sakuchi, right side, cuts up to the 35, cuts inside to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, gets through an ankle tackle to the 15, 10, 5, end zone. 
Carter Sacucci finds the end zone for the second time this quarter. This time from 39 yards out, and the Vikings extend their lead 13-6. Farkas works out of the gun. Back to either hip, only one man split out to the right. Snap, straight drop, now rolls. Looks, Farkas off his back foot, wants it all, has a man in the end zone, and he's got it. Touchdown, St. Clair. Fourth down, they needed the first down, and they went for everything. Touchdown, St. Clair. They're a two-point conversion away from tying it. Fourth and four for Marysville. Likens under center. Scheffler behind him. Motion Sakuchi to the backfield. Likens. Snap. Turns. Hands. Scheffler. He makes a man miss. First down and more. To the 20. To the 15. 10. 5. Touchdown Marysville. They place the tee at the 18-yard line. So a 28-yard kick from the left hash. St. Clair in a safe look. Right has it teed up. The snap. The hold. The kick is up. And the kick is good. A big three points for Marysville. Make it 25-14. Marysville on top. Farkas out of the gun. Twins left, one man to the right. Wiegand offset to his left in the backfield. Snap, straight drop. Farkas all day. Wants it all. Left side has a man. Ellis caught at the nine. Makes a man miss to the five. Back inside. Into the end zone. Touchdown St. Clair. They're not out of it yet. 2.30 to go in the fourth quarter, and the Saints trail by five. Four seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. This is it for St. Clair. Ellis is trying to sneak on the near sideline. Likens noticed him right away. One-on-one. Snap. Farkas. Pressure. Steps up in the pocket. Makes a man miss. He's going to tuck it and run to the 30. He gets tackled at the 25. Zeros are on the scoreboard. Marysville survives. 25-20. to St. Clair's comeback bid falls short. St. Clair wouldn't go away. Um, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but those kids just keep getting up off the mat, and there's something to be said about that. But Derek Meyer was pretty happy. I mean, anytime you win a rivalry game, have to be happy, and anytime you win one uh, in the way they did, gutting one out, have to be happy with that performance. You got a chance to catch up with Coach after the game. Here with Marysville head coach Derek Meyer, and Coach, uh, well, that was about as entertaining of a game as you could have asked for. I'm sure you had a little bit of a different viewpoint, but you gutted out a tough 25-20 to win. Defense had to hold on at the end, but hey, a win's a win. A win's a win. Defense definitely held on held on at the end. They kept us in the game, really. I, I thought after halftime we came out with a little more spark, but we had a couple stalled drives there. You know, we couldn't quite finish uh, killing the clock, running it out there. We need one, one first down, and that didn't happen. But, you know, they definitely stepped up. You know, it, it's a total team effort. That's why a game's that close, because your offense and defense have to click at the same time. They got to know what they're doing. They got to be ready to go when called upon. Could never really get a feel for the game. Early on, the offenses were taking charge. And then in the second half, only nine points are scored. The defense started to take over. What was your feel on the sideline? Could you ever really get into a rhythm? Or was it kind of right it was oh, oh, an odd game to get a feel for? I felt we got into the rhythm running the ball. Then they they just started filling every gap. I think uh, after halftime, midway through the third, an 11-minute drive going into the fourth or close to 11 minutes definitely helped. You know, that worked in our favor. Uh, we should have uh, came out with more out of that. But you know what? You live and you learn, and and that's we, we've got to finish stuff off. How's it feel? First game for the Denny White Trophy. You guys are taking Denny home. How did it feel to get the win? 
Oh, it feels awesome. I'm happy for our kids. You know, a lot of our kids uh, had interaction, were coached by Coach White in different sports and whatnot, and, you know, with, with family, some family uh, situated in Marysville. It, it was just a good feeling to know, hey, you know what? This rivalry still exists. The kids stepped up. This put a little more emphasis on the rivalry. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to St. Clair. You know, they, uh, they, they, they stayed in there. We had some letdowns. They had they had some big plays and vice versa. And you know what? It boils down to a good ball game. Maybe a little bit sloppy on our part, but good game. Um, and you know what? St. Clair knew what they were doing. Obviously, they watched their film on us. And you know, um, it's going to or it came down to hey, you know what? Not a matter of who has the ball last, but stepping up and hey can we play four quarters can we play all three facets of the game offense defense and special teams coach congrats on the win good luck next week when uh, lincoln comes to town yep that's our homecoming and brady good had good job spearheading the assault on getting this trophy going and everything it's well deserved well honored and uh i uh, wish the white family uh you know thank you the least we could do for a great man but that's coach Derek meyer coach congrats again on the win thank you go vikings very, very happy, as he should be. Uh, that, uh, and, and I'm going to say this. Coolest trophy gone. I, if you didn't see the I'm press biased. conference, it's the coolest trophy gone. I'm biased. I think it looks pretty good. But, again, I'm I'm a bit biased. So <laughs> I think It's it, raised the standard for other people who want to do I trophies. I think it, um, it – I'd say maybe it has the most character, at least, of, of, of any trophy. But Marysville takes it home for the first time. Uh, they they ran the ball really well. Get you some final numbers um, from that win. I didn't realize this because sometimes you get lost in the flow of the game, and especially me who can't be like Dennis and and keep stats and talk and and think ahead at the same time. My <laughs> brain just doesn't have that many avenues. But Marys though didn't complete a pass, but ran for three hundred and seven yards in the win. That. Pretty darn good um, if you're Marysville. Carter Sacucci had um, 221 yards on 27 carries. That's pretty efficient. Corbin Scheffler had 111 yards on 23 carries, so 50 carries between the two of them. Wow. Did a pretty pretty good job, I, I, I would say. So Marysville, hey, they ran the ball well, but St. Clair... You know, they, they can't get the win, but Dennis, I'll be honest. Before this game, I was really worried that St. Clair was kind of packing it in. You just lost to, to South Lake, and that killed any any hope of a playoff berth. And you're kind of reeling, and I'm going, uh-oh, this might not be a, a close game. And this one might be one where the St. Clair kids were mentally checked out, and it was far from the opposite. Hey, Marysville went down the field in about four minutes and scored, and I still kind of felt that way. But what did St. Clair do on their first play? A beautifully designed reverse, and Liam Nesbitt did a great job uh, working through the hole and outrunning people to, to score, and they kept fighting. And I'll be honest, I, I was a part of uh, a couple teams in my life where I lost a lot more than I won. And it's hard to keep getting back off the mat, especially when you've lost, now what, four straight one-score games? It's hard to keep getting up and, and, and getting ready and getting emotionally invested and fighting to, for that pride. 
But St. Clair kept doing that. I mean, there was a couple points where St. Clair, even in the game, could have packed it in and said, all right, good effort, but wasn't for us tonight. And that's not what they did. And obviously they don't want moral victories. But I was at least impressed with that because I was worried that they were just going to kind of go through the motions and run out the clock on the season. And that's not what they did. And there's something to be said about that. Um, and, and uh, again, I, I know moral victories, that's not what they want. They have an opportunity next week. Hazel Park is a game that they should be the favorite in. Yes. Uh, in spite of their record, they should feel like they can get on the bus, go to Hazel Park, get off the bus, and win that game. Now they need to go and do it. Right. Because, again, this is not a one-in-six football team. It's just... If you played the season 10 times, I'm convinced this would be the worst-case scenario. You just, sometimes you have those years, you just can't get a bounce to go their way. There, oh, jeez, excuse me. There were three plays that swung this game for Marysville. First play, opening kickoff. St. Clair goes for a surprise onside. Kid went to jump on it, but did what you're not supposed to do, landed like belly on it, chest on it, and the ball squirted away and Marysville fell on it. Second play was the Corbin Scheffler touchdown run. It was like fourth and five from around the St. Clair 20. They hand it off. He's dead to rights. He gets hit in the backfield, slips through a tackle, gone, touchdown. And it's like, man, that made it 22-14 because they jumped off sides on the PAT. And Marysville said, all right, we're going from the one, we'll score. And the third one is when St. Clair was trying to mount the comeback bid, Marysville fumbled, and they had a chance to recover, and it slipped through their fingers once again. Those were the three big plays that, if one or two go St. Clair's way, I don't know if they win this game, but they might, especially that fourth down touchdown run. They put themselves in positions to make plays. Just make the damn play. like it's They're doing the hard part about making the right read, putting themselves there. Just make a tackle, fall on the football, um, how you're taught to off to the side and not on top of it. And who knows, you, you, one of those plays flips, and I feel like that's the case for the last month of Saints football. Yeah, and snake bit is the word that comes to me because it, it doesn't seem like they're, they're getting any breaks. But then there's that philosophy, well, you got to start making breaks. And having not seen a Saints game in person this year, it's just hard for me to to judge. And I won't see them until week nine, and by then, you know, what are you going to do? It's week nine. I hope they're going to get off the bus and show up against Northern. Right. But this – I do just, again, want to give a little bit of credit to St. Clair for for not packing it in because, Dennis, at every level – I know you've seen teams start to pack it in and just go. Oh, I played right. on a few that did. Different right. sport, but right. I played on bad teams that where guys didn't care anymore. Right, and I'm sure you've broadcasted, at least, if not your team, other teams in the league where you just know they're, they're running out the clock in this situation. That's not the St. Clair team, but again, let's not get lost. Marysville gets a win. Marysville sets themselves up. They're 5-2, they're and two, a great chance to go to 6-2 and two next week when Lincoln comes to town. And they can set the set up a very fun game at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I know you've put this team on the uh, the shelf, uh, and so th- <laughs> this this will be very quick. But uh, make it uh, five consecutive 
uh, league championships for Marine City. Oh, well, yeah. They clinch outright uh, with their 35-6 to win over uh, Clintondale. Uh, and, and, again, it's, it's the Mariners being the Mariners. But uh, as long as they keep doing it, it's worthy of being mentioned because uh, there have been plenty of times this year where we've looked at this Marine City team and go, maybe they're not as good as past Marine, and yet I, here they are. All they I, do is win. I will say at least compared to the last few years, I think from week one to through week seven, this team has improved more than any other Marine City team. And part of that because like, the team in well, the 21 was just really damn good, so – there was less room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. But this team well, has improved. When you're already a lot. like the best. <laughs> and this team kind of went how I thought. It was 13 nothing at halftime. And not being there, but I have a feeling that there wasn't a Marine City fan sitting in there that isn't just overly worried going, uh oh. They're probably all right, yeah, it's thirteen nothing at half. We'll take care of it. And then it was thirty five nothing by midway through the fourth quarter. And Clintondale never really had a shot in it. So, yeah, staying on the shelf, doing, doing a nice <laughs> job. And uh, who comes to town, Centerline? Or? Yeah, they get Centerline next. That's a slaughter waiting to happen. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not complaining. Like I said. Keep well, winning. Now you're thinking about home games. Yes. Now just you're don't, thinking about getting as many home games as you can get. You know what the goal is for, for Marine City? And, again, I don't know too, too much about Durant. I know they're not great, but they might be better than I've been giving them a little bit of credit for. But, like, against Centerline, your goal is get the starters out as quick as possible. Keep as much tread on the tires so if you make a run, if you have to play a really good team in a regional final, you're healthy. You don't have all those snaps on you. Do what PH did to Sterling Heights. Maybe not 76 points, because that's a lot of points. I'm never going to ask a team to do that. But just put put uh, center line in their place. As long as it's one of our teams, I don't mind 76 points. No, I don't either. <laughs> but I'm never going to expect that. Although, what, they put like 68 on Lincoln a few years ago? Yeah. Where they um, ran like 27 plays. Or yeah. That was, Less than that. I, it I, was something I like, seriously think they, they didn't get to 20 plays and they scored over 60 points. It was like they averaged like <laughs> three points a play or something stupid <laughs> like that. Didn't put these scores up on the board, but I'm going to tell them to you before we take the break. Stevenson over Anchor Bay, 17-14. to 14. Uh, Anchor Bay is the St. Clair of the the Red Division. They're playing was, everybody so tough, and they just can't get over the hump and beat one of these teams. 63 to nothing over Lincoln, and I do think they ran like somewhere in the vicinity of 18 to 23 plays. Yeah. They had like two defensive touchdowns, a kick return, and their longest drive, I think, was six plays, and that's because it was the final drive that ended with two knees. Yeah, uh, and uh, Clawson beats New Haven 35 to 6. We'll take a look at the BWAC when we come back in just a moment. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. 
Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. With in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Um, all right. Um, last school year, the podcast went over a million listeners. Yes. Uh, and tonight, our live broadcast went over a million listeners. So thank you to, th- was it to the people. A million or a hundred thousand? I don't know. It's it's a lot. I think it's a hundred thousand people that listen live. That doesn't include the playbacks or anything. Yeah, but th- there's a bunch of zeros on this. Number, our, so. our, our numbers have yeah. I think it's a hundred thousand, and we're well over a million total hits with everything combined. But anyway, I just think that's awesome, and I like when we get to big numbers. Yes, Elmont gets to big numbers. Elmont gets to big numbers quite uh, frequently, as a matter of fact. Forty-two to seven, they handle Richmond, and this game was never in doubt. How could you take Richmond? How, how did you bet against Almont? I'm just not even going to respond anymore. <laughs> I, I'm, Almont till this season's over. Don't care if they get the special call up to D1 and are playing Belleville. I'm just on principle. I'm taking Almont. You would take to, Belleville. Out of principle, I'm taking Almont. I mean, they win 42 to seven. It was 42 to nothing after three. Uh, it was, I mean, Chase Batani had three more touchdowns in, in the win. He had 215 yards on 11 carries. That's a pretty good average. 215 <laughs> yards and 11 carries 
with three touchdowns. Wouldn't you just like to, to, to pick a kid off that team and go, I want to see him get 25 carries a game for a season just to kind of get an idea how many yards he actually could get? Well, we'll get because we have this. I want to talk about the cumulative Almont stats here in a bit. But Dennis, who was the no doubt about it awesome player of the week from last week for Almont? Luke Winkler, yep. right? He had one carry for five yards this week, and didn't matter. Uh, Matt Boholsky, eight carries, one hundred and fifteen yards, and two touchdowns. Sure, why not? Because they look at their opponent. And they go, this is what we need. They don't go and go, well, this worked last week against so-and-so, so it must work this week. No, they look at each opponent. They go, this is where they're weak. This is where we can beat them. And that's the guy that gets the ball. Yeah. Boholsky had the opening touchdown run, 30 yards. They're, I mean, Almont, they're, how do you get stronger? You just played... North Branch, Armada, and Crosslex in consecutive weeks. That is a gauntlet. How do you not come out of that battered and bruised and at least take a little bit of a stumble in the first game out? No, you got stronger, you got better, and you flexed on a team that's trying to make a statement in Richmond and was hoping to say, hey, I know we lost to North Branch, but we we can be a legit contender, and nope. Thanks for coming. Uh, it was a business trip to Richmond for Almont. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, they're just – they're really good. Richmond's getting there, but, again, they're they are just not there yet. I mean, again, let, let's, let's talk about who is their most dynamic player this year. It's a freshman. You've you got to give that time. Yes, and I don't think there's any debate that they've taken a step forward from last year. And a I think they've taken one. a big step forward. A noticeable one. But the problem is, Almont might be a is a state championship contender. Is it? This is the first time anybody's gotten forty on them. Oh, this, this year. is the first. I like mean, their their defense hasn't been scored on like this. No, and, that's and, the first time anyone's gotten north of thirty on them. Yeah. So I mean, again, I, I I think it's got more to do with how Almont's playing football right now than and how confident they are. I then mean, it's got to do with whatever another, Richmond is If doing. I'm another D6 team around the state, hey, if I'm Warren Collegiate, I'm going, Stam Almont team just keeps winning and winning big. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I, I would want to go up to Almont because, man, they, that's a, that's a lot different than playing in Warren like, or any other D6 team around the state that might have to run into them. Elmont's a team I'd be really worried about. Like, you know the way I've been talking about Corona and D5? That's the way I imagine people outside of, of our area are talking about Elmont because they just do it, and they do it with 10 different guys. And, yeah, Batani might be the number one, but he doesn't have to be. I also think winning the BWAC is a big deal to BWAC teams. Winning the league championship means something, Not- and Almont still got something to play for because they know they're only they're coming into tonight. They were only a game ahead of Crosslex, who was a heavy favorite, mm-hmm. and they were a game ahead of North Branch, who had a home game. And they're like, "We can't take the foot off the gas pedal. We want to win the BWAC. We don't want to share it with anybody. We've got to win out. Let's go and beat Richmond." 
Yeah. And going undefeated in the BWAC's tough. It's it's extremely uh, uh, tough, and they're kind of making it look easy. I mean, they, they've had a couple close games, but I think North Branch and Armada are two teams that, one, match up well against Elmont that do things that their strengths match up against Elmont strengths. But what did they do? They just found a way to win. So then they beat Cross Lex by two scores. And then they throttle body slam Richmond. I mean, wh- what else do I have to say about Elmont? And they're going to Yale, and I think they're going to be hyper focused on this game because they don't want to share. No, I, I, I don't think they want to share uh, either. So, uh, Croslex did what they were supposed to do. They beat Emily City 35 to nothing. And, and actually, I, I think they took the, the, the pedal or it took, was the, took off the gas. I think, at half. You know, a um, little early. Groppy had a big first half. I think Emily City's playing better. Like, they, I just don't think they have the depth so they can play for a quarter or two, but then they just get worn down. Um, but Croslex kind of did the same thing against Algonac where they didn't blow the doors off them, but they won comfortably. Croslex, for at least for me, how they bounce back is going to be determined next week when North Branch comes to town because North Branch is going to be mad. Armada got a much-needed win. Their backs were against the wall. If they lost this game, you're looking around going. They might not make the playoffs if they lose this game. Or they would need some help and get in at with a losing record. And Now with this win, you look at the Richmond game and talk about two teams that got to have it. This kind of feels like where Richmond and Yale were a couple weeks ago. Armada needed this win, and it looked like they were going to lose another one in the fashion they've lost before. They were down, I think it was, what, 6 nothing, and then they went up like 13 or 14-6, to six, and then North Branch scored two times and was up 19-14, and you're going, <sighs> again, but to Armada's credit, maturity, they took a step forward and got the win and scored a late touchdown, and get the win in hostile territory up in North Branch, 22-19. It's got to feel good to them because this is what's been happening to them all year. They've been giving up the late touchdown to lose the game, and they get one finally here to go their way uh, and and get a win, a win that, uh, I'll be honest, Brady, I didn't think they were going to get. Like, no, Did I look all- at that game and go, oh, if Armada wins, will I be shocked? No, but do I think they're going to win? I just feel like they're having that kind of a season where North Branch at home isn't going to give them a chance to, to get a win. And, and Armada, uh, like Port here on Northern, they were one of the teams that came out this week and I think really answered the bell and really deserved some applause. Yes, indeed they do. And I talked about it on one of the shows earlier this week that Armada has a chance to flip the script from where it was the last couple years, where it started out strong and then faded at the end. You know what people won't remember if you're playing for a regional title? The game against Yale. The the game against Cross Lex, or, or that the fact that you blew a 10 or 12 nothing lead against Almont. I mean, 
again, it's it's not the most scientific, but with a hindsight, is the one point loss to Almont look a whole lot better after what Almont's been doing? Again, no more. Armada's way past moral victories, but at least to size up and figure out what Armada is, does a one point loss at Almont all of a sudden start to look a lot better than maybe we thought at the time? Yeah, it's just it's the way they ended up oh, losing, I know, not because the they amount. were up twelve nothing. But my point I just being, know that this week against North Branch, they were down and they figured out a way to win, and that was a huge win for them. Yes, you might look at this game now if they make the playoffs and go, "This is where they made the playoffs," and maybe this is where they turned it around as a as a team and started to figure it out. But they needed this one, and they're going into a rivalry game where. Not only is Richmond in a gotta-have-it kind of mode, because we talked about it. You go 0-3 in this stretch, and we go, all right, Richmond's a step away from where we hoped they could be. This is a Richmond team that, and I've said it in the last few weeks, that for a long time, basically the whole time the BWAC was a thing, Richmond was very comfortable doing their annual victory lap with Armada. And since Kyle Rowley's gotten to Armada, He's done nothing but punch Richmond in the face and take the jug back and not give it back. And I don't know if that's sitting well in Richmond, that a rivalry that had been so one-sided basically did a 180. And now it's a gotta-have-it game, and I think there's going to be a little hate, a little vitriol in this one. I think it'll be a really fun game. And, man, Richmond's got to have it. And if Armada can win, all of a sudden, okay, you've won, uh, what, three games in a row now? You're starting to build a little momentum and starting to believe a little bit. Um, because it really looks for for either of these two teams that they're going to end up in a mostly BWAC playoff bracket. Might get Lutheran North thrown in there. But, yeah, I will say the district um, that either of these two teams would be in, I would say is a winnable district it'll be one where there might be a team that would surprise you if they won it but where it wouldn't be like what the hell happened how did they win it like it, they would there would be underdogs but i don't think i think any yeah, team i think would it would be, be pretty, live. pretty wide open yeah well, especially if marine city goes south mm-hmm. you remove marine city from the equation and all of a sudden you're looking at a possible playoff of yale armada richmond and lutheran north talk about wide open well, uh, Yale has helped their cause the last two weeks by beating two teams they should beat. They beat Emily City last week, uh, and they beat Algonac this week, 42-7. to So after the, that three-game tumble, Yale's back to, to four and three and uh, trying to manage their way to the finish line. Now they'll have a tough game next week at home. And then I don't know much about it. It's Schwartz Creek that they go to for the last yeah, game. Yeah, Schwartz, Schwartz Creek, Creek coming into this week. Uh, they were two and four. They play Holly, uh, at least according to the Michigan football site. They have a bye in week eight, which I don't like because that means you have two weeks to prepare for Yale. But yeah, hey, uh, go get that win. Yeah, go go set yourself up for a win and in. And I'll tell you what, you beat Almont, you can just start planning your. You can get the postseason merch ready right now. But if you win one of your next two. You're likely in the playoffs, but why not play spoiler? Why not bookend your BWAC season with a big win against Armada and then end it by spoiling Almont's party? That's going to be a tough party to spoil, though. Yeah. 
Um, just because there's only a couple more scores, and then we'll, we'll segment three can be eight man only. All right. Um, Ubbly yeah, being Ubbly beat Sandusky thirty nine to eight. Apparently, Harbor Beach and Memphis uh, they didn't report their score. Oh, I'm going to assume on. Beach talk one about, if they did. Talk about the next one. Well, I just I looked a minute ago and it oh, wasn't there. So, right. uh, and Marlette beat Bad Axe thirty two to uh, eight. So. Uh, it was a business-as-usual week in the East, and it looks like it was business-as-usual. At least Ubley and Marlette won big. I'm assuming Harbor Beach beat Memphis big. Uh, there is one game for Saturday afternoon uh, as Cardinal Mooney will host Allen Park Cabrini. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff uh, beyond the air about 12.40 in the afternoon from East China Stadium for that one. And that leaves only eight-man scores, and we'll do those after the break. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's uh, start in the uh, stars. Uh, Brown City beats Oakland Christian. It's only 28-13, to 13, but I'm going to give Brown City the benefit I of the doubt. I feel like 
Oakland Christian has played a little better um, as of late. Like it, it, they played closer games. Who is it? Deckerville. They they only lost to by like eleven or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, so they they lost. Uh, well, forty four to thirty was their score against uh, Deckerville. So a two um, touchdown game. They lost to Mayville by four. the o- The only team that blew blew them out was Kingston, forty eight to six, and that was in week two. And this was at Oakland Christian. Yes, that's a long trip. And Brown City came away with a win. And maybe they were listening to us and listening to to my big mouth go, "Oh, best eight man team in the state." And <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit of a wake-up. Let's go one by two scores, and it might have been – it's eight-man football. It might have been 28 to nothing with 14 seconds left, and Oakland Christian got two touchdowns. Does this <laughs> give Brown City at least a share or the outright? Uh, let me Because they play week at that, two through that eight, would, don't they? That, oh, by yeah. the way, Elmont clinched, clinched a share of the BWAC title. That would, I don't think we said that when we talked about yes, it. Yes, that would uh, – Kingston won tonight, so that would still make next week's games meaningful. So – Brown so Brown City. City's got K-Pack at home next week to win it outright. Uh, I believe uh, the worst they can do is tie. Okay, yeah, because there's only one game left and they're undefeated. Yeah, and uh, King- Kingston beat K-Pack uh, tonight, forty-eight to eight, and they've got Mayville at home next week. And Mayville is, well, getting exposed. Forty-four to six, Deckerville beat them. Yeah. So I mean, Brown City is. Let me just ask you this. Tough question, probably not a fair question. Who's been more impressive, Brown City or Almont? Oh, that is a tough question. Almont's been pretty impressive. When, when you really stop and think about however it, however you want to quantify it, they've been pretty Im- impressive. But then, too, Brown City went into the toughest part of their schedule and they didn't flinch. They didn't flinch against Kingston. They didn't flinch against Deckerville. They had to go to Deckerville, and they they just didn't flinch. They didn't, you know, even tonight, it's another multiple-score victory. That's all they do is win by multiple scores. This might, Is this the closest game they've had all year? Um, let's see, 18. What was the Brown City score? 18 and yeah, this is 22. The, so, yeah, this is the closest game they've had all, all year. So this has been their worst performance of the year. Boo them. Uh, Boo fi- those green uh, devils. A 15-point win is their worst performance of the year. On the road at Auburn Hills, Oakland Christian. What? There's a semi that just stopped out there for, at a spot where a semi shouldn't stop. That He's was probably taking a nap. That's that's weird. There, there, Sorry, are other, just, there are other wins, by the way, were by uh, 62, 66, and 60. Not to get off track, <laughs> but it is, it's a dark night tonight. Like, it's rainy. You know how East China gets dark normally? It was like advanced darkness. And St. Clair's jerseys, you, you just can't read them. But uh, the semi got me distracted. My brain's been mush all night. and It's, it's just a dark, dark night. Um, <laughs> but it was a bright. Dark, dark, it's October, man. It, it is October, but I mean. Brown City's been impressive. The biggest thing that's impressed me is it's not like they were bringing the band back. They had some guys that had to step up. Now, they brought some key pieces back. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like And it was, some guys who stepped up this It year. wasn't a situation where they had 12 unique starters and 11 of them came back. And you lost one guy who you're like, yeah, I wish we had him, but we can live without him. They lost some key pieces. 
and they started to play in a league that is probably one of the tougher eight-man leagues in the state and have done nothing, like you said, but two-score games. But Elmont is also one of the – is them or Algonac are the two D6 schools in the BWAC. And all Elmont's done is kick ass, and they did it in consecutive weeks. Like, you know, Emily City and Algonac are the games where, hey, it's not going to be as tough. They're, they're still trying to figure it out. They didn't get those games sprinkled in to give them a moment to breathe in between. They've gone four consecutive weeks against teams with winning records and have, well, won. So I think I'd give a slight edge to Brown City just because. But Almont graduated a lot of kids, too. Yeah. It's similar leagues, too, because you've got the BWAC where you've usually got three or four teams at the top that are pretty tough. Then you've got a couple of teams that are tricky that, like, you can't take the that night are, off. That or are trying to take the next step. They'll, they'll get you. And then you've got the, the couple of games that, like, okay, we're going to win this game. But in, in the stars, you know, Kingston. Six and one, Deckerville five and two, Mayville's five and two. Even Burton Atherton, they're a two and four team, but are, are actually I, I think they won tonight. So they're a three and three football team. Three and four that play everybody. No, because they didn't play. Oh, them. that's right. Same and they would have won if they did, because uh, they had a crossover with a. It was merit, wasn't it? Yeah, with a stripes team that got canceled. But I mean. They play everybody close. K-Pac plays everybody close. Right. Even when they lose, they're in Dryden's the game. Dryden's really been the only team that... Yeah, Dryden's been the only pushover, and that's because they haven't played football in six years. <laughs> I think we can give them a pass yeah. for that. So, I don't know. Hopefully you at home are having that debate. Who's been more impressive, Brown City or Almont? And you can make an argument... Um, that they both could be number one in their respective divisions. The only difference is there's no Warren Collegiate that is going to argue over Brown City. But that thought just popped in my head, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. Like, if you're in school, it's one of those English prompts. These are what these two teams have done. Who has been more impressive? Make your argument and why. Yeah. I hated those questions. I think you'd have liked it a lot more if it was a football question like that. Instead yeah, but I wouldn't. Of, uh, I wouldn't in high school. I wouldn't have been paying attention to what those teams were doing. So instead of <laughs> instead of why did everyone in Romeo and Juliet instantly try to like drink poison whenever something went slightly wrong? Yeah, it was rough times back then. Yeah, it was. It was Romeo and Juliet sucked. Anyway, it, it, it's been rough times at CPS in Caseville. Uh, football-wise, Caseville had one win coming in. CPS hadn't won C-P-S. at all. But the, the Tigers C-P-S. get a C-P-S. 24-16 C-P-S. win. Oh, that's not C-P-S. what you were doing a couple of weeks ago well, I, when you were they, picking against them all the time. They weren't ready then. I knew they were ready now. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I knew you, they you were took, ready. You, you said 50-50, you flipped a coin, and it came up CPS, and they won by eight. 24-16, but the Tigers get off the snide, and they get a big win. Yes, they do. Um, and... For what I heard, that the star for Caseville still played. So they, I don't know if he was 100%, but he was out there, and CPS still took care of business. That is a heck of a win for CPS, and congratulations to them. I believe it was homecoming for them, too. So had to feel pretty good about that one. Do we have all homecomings out of the way, I hope? Uh, no, Marysville's homecoming is... Next week, because they didn't have turf for 
Oh, weeks. that's right. Well, yeah, I they get the free pass because they didn't play a home they've game until week five. Yeah, they've had two home games. Clintondale was at home, right? Clintondale came up, so yeah. So the so Marysville's homecoming is this coming week. Because it just, uh, I love it for the kids, but as a fan and a broadcaster, that extra five minutes on the halftime clock this time of year, don't need it. Anyways, <laughs> that's just me it, being a grumpy old man. I know, uh, <laughs> I know you don't like it because it messes up your breaks because we have it timed out for an 18-minute halftime. Well, and, it, and it's just like tonight. All of a sudden at halftime. Can you please tell the, the people? The wind started blowing, and I had to close the window. Can you tell the people why you, your game started at 7.09 tonight instead of 7, and why it was delayed? Well, I'm not I'm, – I can only speculate. Well, you don't have to spe- say what you were speculating, but at least say what you saw because it made me laugh. And it was one – it's just been a weird season with stuff like well, this. Well, I, I mean, so I, I it came out – I timed it almost perfectly. It came out of the break as the national anthem is ending and the teams are coming out on the field getting ready for the kickoff. They're lined up. They're ready to go. And there's only three officials. Like, Which I think, what, the minimum you can usually have for a high school game is five, and a lower level you'll have four. Yeah, and we were working with five tonight, and I just happened to kind of glance, and I saw two guys in striped shirts walking behind the the stadium on the other side. Like they were, they the were going, or? They were outside the field and behind the stands, so where the concessions okay. is and the bathrooms in that. Two guys, I'm like, wait a minute, where are those guys going? And the referee is like waving at him. No, guys, you walk past the opening to get onto the to the field. And it's not like it's. So I don't know if they if they showed up late, and then as they were walking in, they just missed where they're supposed to come in, and they they walked around. But it, it was it, it was bizarre. You had to play Where's Waldo with the officials. And, and so finally, finally. Our 7 o'clock game kicked off at 7.09 when the two guys finally meandered their way through the right opening and got out onto the field. <laughs> it's just been a weird year. <laughs> like, you told me, I'm like, wait, you just had wandering officials that couldn't find the couldn't find anything and just, oh, we'll get there when we get there. No, it was like, no no rush here. And, and then, and then like, every other week this season, they've kicked off five minutes early. Yeah, that's because that's usually what happens. Like, Dennis, I would you say that most games kick off at, like, 6.57 or 6.58? Yes. So, usually, I, you know, if, you, if we have to talk through whatever and kill four minutes, five minutes, we can do that. It's when it's 6.53 and the teams are run out early and then they take four minutes off the clock and I'm cussing under my breath about whatever. Yeah, because we're, we're playing commercials there because that's what keeps get stuck on sports on the air. Yes. And it's like, oh, now we're going to have to come in and they're going to be three plays into the game. Right. Or you're moving commercials around and we have to play producer. But anyway, that was a side tangent. I just thought it was funny you had wandering officials. Yeah. During That's all right. Game. We only had one more score to give. Right. And um, it wasn't a good one. Merritt beat Peck 62-8. to eight, And you were telling me that Merritt well, got a kid back three weeks ago and he's going bonkers. Yeah, Mike Gallagher texted me and said since the CPS game, I don't think it included tonight, he had like 500 yards on 25 carries yeah his last name was Campbell something like that I don't know it was, I think it was Zion something Zion Campbell I think you said uh, let me see if we remember 
Uh, right. It was Zion Campbell. Look at you, you, though. You hear a name once and you well, remember I, it. I remembered the last name. I, until you said Zion, I said, yes, you said Zion Campbell. So he's been going bonkers, and he apparently went bonkers again, uh, and they beat uh, Peck 62-8 uh, to, uh, to uh, round out our uh, scores. Real quick, did just out of curiosity, New Haven Merritt win, or not New Haven Merritt, North Huron, did you see that? Uh, they lost tonight. In fact, they got crushed by All Saints. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I was just wondering how, how Caseville beat them and because uh, they've been struggling since that win. And well, that win had... woke North Huron up. They, they had won three in a row. But, uh, yeah, uh, I believe, and, and I'm going to look at this to, to double-check that People I'm People tuned out of this think, podcast thinking five minutes about, ago. Oh, no, they didn't. They, <laughs> they love when we ramble on like a couple we're, of idiots. We're, we're rambling like your officials were wandering before well, your game. Well, because they were. It's like, where are you going? Like, and, and, and let me know where, where you're going so that I don't have to guess. So while you do that, I also had a headlight delay tonight. Yeah, see, that, that was something I wanted you so, to tell me about because that's more weird. So, all right, basically, um, if you've never oh, – All Saints beat Ashley 66 oh, to nothing. Yes. Um, well, look up New Haven Merritt while I talk. Or New, God, I did it again. North Huron. North Huron. Just because I'm curious. North Huron lost 36 nothing to Akron Fairgrove. That sounds about right. So, at East China Stadium, the parking is pretty significantly far away from the field like you can't park right behind the the home bleachers or the road bleachers and only like coaches media and and um that's about it park behind the home side so you're far away well it's the third quarter and the official got on the mic and basically in his angry dad get off my lawn voice goes all the cars in the parking lot need to turn off their headlights which is not unheard of. I'm sure in your, I think I've had it once or twice, and I'm sure you've seen it happen before. It is not unheard of for an official or a PA to ask the cars to turn off their headlights. I've never seen it. Really? Maybe in baseball. Yeah, ba- maybe baseball is more what I'm thinking of, because especially when the parking's closer. But anyway, they, the one, there was like two cars that were fa- that were past the end zone and facing not directly at the field. So the, the one guy turns his off right away, and the other either didn't hear because then the PA guy said something, and the other guy eventually moves. And, like, they made the announcement, and Marysville walked up to the ball and was like, all right, we get to, we'll just run a play, and he's just making the announcement. And he stopped the game. Like, he, the umpire or whoever's the one that stands over the ball, he's like, no, stay there. And Marys was like, okay. And had a headlight delay. And it was one of the most bizarre things. <laughs> and then, so the, the, the one guy leaves, and I'm like, okay, cool, we're done. And he goes, there's one more by the administrative building, blah, And I'm going, which? And I finally notice it. And the, the headlights were lit up, like how when you use your automatic start, it basically just says the car's on. In no way, shape, or form would it have affected the game. And the fact that he noticed it was kind of annoying, and yeah, so some like fans had to run over and tell them that their headlights need to be off. I wonder if it was my brother. It was not your brother. I don't. Your brother didn't have the mic. Okay, but he. I think he was. Which the shocks one. me because normally that would be something he would run up and grab. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was. 
it was like they were scolding, and I've never had a headlight delay. Like, it probably took us two to three minutes from when they stopped it to everyone listened, I guess, is the best way to put it. Final tangent, my brother is an official, my oldest yes. brother, Steve. Um, and he's been up in the area twice this season, and neither time has he gotten me. Both times Brady has been calling the game that he's been at. Yeah, because the other one was PH East Point, right? Yep. <laughs> but... Oh, well. Yeah. I didn't really want to see him anyways. Uh, <laughs> are we done? I think we're done. We rambled enough. Okay. Uh, Mooney, uh, Alan Park, Cabrini, final game of the weekend, 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon, stream one, be there. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.